Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TMOF Wrestling Podcast. We are here with... This is a revamping, Ash. Is that another term of vampire? It's, a, <laughs> it's close, yeah. Yeah. TMO of Wrestling Podcast. Welcome everybody to the show. Um, we're going to have a bit of a changing structure to try to bring the content more regularly, really, more consistently. Um, so an episode a week. Uh, more often than not, potentially, it might just be myself, of course. Ash here is a fellow host of TMOF Wrestling. Today marks three years, Ash, since we started the podcast. Crazy, isn't it? Three whole years. Unbelievable, Jeff. But, um, yeah, potentially it could be myself, but we will be looking at guest hosts as well. Um, there are a couple in the pipeline. Um, some of these have been, we've been waiting for these for quite some time. But this will be available on all major podcasting platforms. It's available on YouTube here for the video version as well. Um, but, yeah, episode 87. Ash, let's, we're going to get right down to it. Yeah, bloody hell. But I am your host, I am Russ, and fellow host today, of course, is Ash, here he is. There might be a bit of a delay here, we're doing this on Skype. Yeah, we're going back three years ago. (laughs) It's more than three years since I've used Skype, I tell you that. We Zoom back in the pandemic. Yeah, but we weren't on like a YouTube uh, video so no youtube's been a lot more sort of re- uh recent hasn't it really um yeah, but yeah i think for youtube by the way obviously you can find us at tmof wrestling on youtube um we do our predictions videos uh tonight when this goes out of course our wwe payback predictions will be up yep and i suppose we'll be recording some all out predictions after this yeah <laughs> we'll see no, but we goes. are well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We're here, though, Ash, to talk about AEW All In. Of yep. course, the record-breaking event uh, AEW put on in Wembley Stadium in London, here in England. Uh, this was a, a huge show. We were both there. Yeah, not together, but we were there. We, Yeah, we are very rarely together. But it's hard to get tickets for the amount of us that are all sort of going and, and get them all together. Of course, they put the limits on to stop the scalpers from yeah. getting them and selling them on for quadruple the price, at least, Bastard. if you're lucky. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, we're going to be talking about that one today. Um, really, our experience as a whole, uh, with the whole day, um, we've obviously got, we're, we're going to have different takes on it. We were in different seats, uh, different angles, and different overall experiences, I guess, of the whole day. Yeah. We're going to jump into that one. Before we do, everybody, wherever you're listening to us, if you listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcast, did you know that you can follow us? You can even leave a rating. Ash, five stars. The whole Meltzer. Yeah. Oh, good old Dave. Good old Dave. You can leave us a proper Dave on Spotify or Apple Podcast. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, on Amazon, Audible, and many others, I believe, as well. Um, obviously, also, this will be on YouTube. But wherever you listen to us, do drop us a follow, a subscribe, whatever the lingo may be. It really does help us out a lot. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does, it does. It does, it does. But yeah, um, we absolutely would appreciate that. And, um, you know, we, as I say, we're going to be looking at doing a lot more 
consistent podcasts, uh, episodes, and just content in general moving forward. So just a bit of a change around in the structure just to to make sure that we're getting the most out that we can. So yeah, you can catch us on wherever you're catching us on, really. But before we go into AEW All In Ash, um, we've not had proper time to really... I mean, we've missed quite a lot um, in terms of like what we would have probably talked about in depth over the last few months. Yeah, tell me about it. How long, how long is it since our last proper... It was before, was it before like, before SummerSlam, weren't it? I mean, realistically, it would have been, I think, when we was actually talking about something more sort of current in wrestling. Mm. Um, the live streams that we've been doing on YouTube, which they they will remain. We're probably looking at those once a month now. Um, really just as a, they'll just kind of be a random kind of thing, really, where we're just going to basically <laughs> talk to you guys and in the comments and we'll just talk wrestling all together. Yeah, let's um, be honest, they were just random stuff we did, like the... What was it? The Google chat versus... Um, Which was great. Uh, was it Google? It was Google Bard, yeah. Versus ChatGPT. Yeah. That was it. The real main event. <laughs> it was yeah, great, and, though. Yeah, it's probably... The, I want to say it's the best we've ever done. Because it was so oh, stupid. A, I mean, I was going to say it's a tall order, but actually it's not hard, is it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we have missed a lot. But I think we would be remiss um to start the episode really without talking about um the passing the tragic passing of bray wyatt Wyndham rotunda days after terry funk yeah day after two days one day i think i'm in the day after but yeah it was like really close together absolutely heartbreaking devastating um you know terry funk hadn't been in great health uh but you know funnily enough talking about the chat gpt and uh versus google bard ash does an incredible terry funk impression on that one um terry funk's just he's he's he spans so many different generations doesn't he and he's when yeah. you can say someone's a legend in this business but terry funk really is a legend in the business um you know to put uh, trivia for you a weird 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 fact Considering how close he and Mick Foley are, Terry Funk started wrestling the day Mick Foley was born. That's true. Yeah. Jesus. That's Christ. from Mick Foley himself. That is how long Terry Funk has been active, really, in pro wrestling. And he's given us some of the, the greatest moments. I mean, the ECW run potentially. I suppose it depends on what era you're kind of from and what era that you you watch or you, you were brought up with. Um, my first introduction really was ECW, but then you had Chainsaw Charlie, of course, through the yeah. Attitude Era, into Terry Funk. So many great moments, though. I mean, the, the stuff from ECW, so innovative. The things with the ladder, doing the, the kind of whirly bird with it um, that everybody's in, em, emulated since. We've seen, obviously, some tributes paid to Terry Funk during All In, and we'll come to those um, yeah. with certain spots. And, you know, who's ever, ever going to forget buying Mick Foley Mankind time during the Hell in a Cell, the infamous Hell in a Cell match from King of the Ring 1998, where Terry Funk was literally chokeslammed out of his shoes? The most le- they're probably the most legendary shoes in wrestling. The most legendary shoes in wrestling. Maybe of course, you know, let me have a shoe that I'm more legendary than Tay Funk, I dare you. 
Well, there's the shoes of a champion from LA Knight. But... Yeah. <laughs> but no, Terry, and, and again, you know, and we haven't even talked about Memphis. The time in Memphis, I mean, Memphis was always kind of the, in many ways, was the catalyst really to an ECW. They were way ahead of their time in terms of the violence and brutality that we would later see in wrestling. Um, that was really obviously then hammed up through ECW, wasn't it? Very much so. But Terry Funk, an absolute legend, and it's it's so, so sad. But, um, you know, what a legacy. And all you can really do is is thank him. I mean, we're, we're guys in our 30s, but you've got, you know, people younger than us that love Terry Funk, people a lot older than us that love Terry Funk. That's a legacy that's, you know, that spans literal generations. Um, I don't think you can really do much more than that through professional wrestling, can you? Not, not very much so, no. No. And then when we talk about legacies, I mean, when, you know, talking about Bray, um, it's not a competition, obviously, but I think it's just, it's the age that really struck me the most. I mean, he's basically around our age. Yeah. 36 years old, passed away from uh, what I believe then was a heart attack in his sleep. Yeah, it was. Caused by complications through, so he had pre-existing heart condition which seems to be the reason that he was off tv sort of shortly before wrestlemania uh this year and it was exasperated due to complications with contracting covid Mm -hmm. uh i did see the report that he was given a defibrillator uh or a uh, not defibrillator was it uh it might have been something like that but he'd left it in the car hadn't he 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 hadn't used it that's what i saw and he didn't have it with him on that yeah and he died in his sleep just sad really Mm. sad and we said this during the uh ww payback predictions um it's still not really quite sunk in no and especially when when i i've kind of made the mistake of watching the tribute video and then watching the um Tributes by the wrestlers, and then at the end, it has I think it's someone for Irving singing. He's got the whole world in his hands, and yeah, it's just not. I, I, you really shouldn't be watching this, but you have to. To cause I think that's well, out of respect, but I mean, it's it's yeah. beautifully done, wasn't it? Those those tributes, they were beautifully done, both his it's and right. Terry's, I think. Mm. Um, but you're right. You know, the Bray Wyatt one, Wyndham Rotunda, it 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 really just it really hit that one it really hit hard and it's just so sad and bizarre because it's so eerily similar to Brody Lee yeah in the sense that it just sort of it kind of came out of nowhere really you know yeah. um because because obviously we didn't know about these things and like no the story for a while was that Bray was coming close to returning yeah. And obviously what's happened happened and unfortunately we're never going to see that return. No. But again, we'll look at the legacy of that. And we saw Undertaker pass the torch. We'll probably never know what he said to him. And I think that's perfect. Um, but Bray gave us, you know, so many great memories. And whether you was whether you really liked the character or the angles or anything like that. Nobody can deny that he brought something fresh, again, innovative, and 
really just something that WWE really needed that time, and it was it was that kind of sense of danger that that character could bring, particularly yeah. when he brought the fiend in. You know, once we had the fiend, he really did have the whole world in his hands. I mean, that was a as much as it probably sucked to kind of have to go up against that. I mean, you see, you know, look back to the Hell in a Cell match with Rollins. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, but. What a great, you know, sells the merch, has great entrance music. Bray Wyatt's never had bad entrance music. Definitely not. There's all, it's, uh, Mania 30 entrance. He's still one of the entrance. best entrances of all time. That's my favourite entrance from him, actually. Yeah, really, really um, like it. That's funny, because like you said about the character, didn't really help a lot, really. But I still think one of the best matches last five years is the match with Cena at Mania 36. With a foot, oh, it? the Firefly Funhouse oh, kind of. That's one of the best matches. Yeah. And that's and that is resourcefulness, isn't it? And again, innovation during a time where what could you do? You know, wrestling in front of nobody because that WrestleMania was still was literally just as lockdown had come in. You know, they had to move everything. Yeah, I mean, if that wasn't it, I mean, they moved everything into the PC, and it was a, a WrestleMania in front of no people. Which is difficult, you know, because they're still trying to figure it out at this point. And how on earth can you figure that out when you're two, three weeks into a, something that's never happened in our lifetime before? So, you know, the fact that he'd had that kind of more cinematic match, and as we saw with Undertaker and AJ Styles, you know, it was fresh, it was new, it was different, and, it, you know, it's really good. And whether you like that stuff or not, again, wrestling is about having something for everybody. And I think Bray was pretty much for whether you loved him or hated him as the character, and obviously you were meant to hate him a lot of the time, during especially like the the cult stuff and the white, you know, he's done such an amazing, wonderful job through really like his whole career through WWE. And I really do think that, you know, that it's, it is a lasting legacy. Definitely. It's an absolute lasting legacy. And I think that final shot from the beginning of that, you know, the opening of that SmackDown for the tribute show to both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, where they close it on the spotlight on the rocking chair. Um, and if you know some of the stories about that rocking chair too, he used to carry the rocking chair with him to all the different shows when he was down in developmental and NXT. He would just put it into the back of his, um, whatever it was, his, you know, his car, his van, whatever he was driving. And he would take it literally to every show with him. That's that same chair. Dedication to the gimmick very, very much so which is something that we uh probably need a lot more of in wrestling but we're getting there yeah but very sad very very sad and i think it really is going to take some time for all of this to kind of sink in um but you know it goes without saying i think really um we you know all all thoughts and best wishes to both Terry Funk's family and Wyndham Rotunda. Um, you know, they're the ones that suffer the most, the people that know them, the know the real people um, behind what we see on television. And, you know, and, that, and it hurts us just from a television character. Uh, you know, so you have to, you know, imagine what they're going through at this time. So just all the best wishes and positivity we can possibly send out to them. Um that's that's all you can that's all you can do, isn't it? It's just very sad. Very, very much so. But um, we'll move to 
all in off the back of that because I'm going to segue in with something that I was very glad that happened. This isn't going to be a very linear uh, account of AEW's All In show. I think we're probably just going to sort of break down some some of the key bits. We pro- we will go through matches and things, but uh, it's not going to be sort of a typical review. Again, this is a, a recapping, really, of our experience live from Wembley Stadium. But I'd seen, Ash, I'd, I'm not sure if you'd seen this as well, but there was the uh, kind of movement that was trying to be sort of started online that um, once the, again, Wembley Stadium is open, open stadium, there's no roof. No. So once it was going to get dark, everybody really wanted to try and kind of, you know, get as many fireflies out as possible in tribute to Bray. Yeah. Um, it happened. It did. And it was beautiful. It was well, really, really nice. Yeah. Because um, that was the thing. I, I saw a lot of people dressed up as Bray, like on the way there. And then I saw a lot um, inside the stadium. It's like, it's amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing tribute. And it did Beautiful make me think. If if what happened didn't happen, what would they have, would, would they just dress up as normal fans? But it's a good tribute. It, it's brilliant, and again, you know, it's nice to see this sort of stuff. We get too much of the tribalism these days. It's an AW show. There's no, re- you know, it's about wrestling at the end of the day, and yeah. um, you know, just enjoy it. It just enjoy it. What a what an experience the whole thing was in general, you know. Yeah, and a, and a beautiful beautiful have- tribute. AEW didn't sell out Wembley. Wrestling sold out Wembley. That was a quote somewhere. Who said that? Probably me. It wasn't you. You've stolen that from somebody. But it is true. Wrestling did sell out Wembley. And we are so hungry for big wrestling shows here in the UK. And I think we've proven that by the fact that we we absolutely packed into to Wembley. Um, but yeah, you know, I think one last thing on that as well. When going through the doors... Ash, obviously, there's all different sections to go through when you go to a stadium. And the one that I was going through, as I was queuing to get actually inside the stadium, Bray Wyatt's music come on. It was They were playing Bray Wyatt's uh, theme. Yeah, when I because I got in before you, um, when I was getting my shirt, which is somewhere. Um, I know, you're not wearing your shirt. Where is it? It's mine. Well, you want it all weekend, yeah? 65. I've put it on for this video. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've been on the camera for a video, I go, 65 pounds, I'm going to wear it every day of my life. It's worth yeah. it, though. It's a really nice shirt. But yeah, when I hit my my uh, my shirt, uh, I heard I heard Bray's theme, and I, I knew it straight away. It's like, that's that's, that's good quality. Just yes. nice. And yeah. then, like, five minutes later, they were playing um, Tarzan Boy. So I was thinking, what, what? what's going on? Tarzan boy. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about him in a bit. But um, why? What did he do? <laughs> well, we'd all like to know, to be honest. But yes, okay, right. All Elite Wrestling uh, held all in. Technically, all in. Well, t- technically, all in too. But the first all in wasn't AEW. It was really the catalyst for AEW. Um, but all in Wembley. Well, all in London from Wembley Stadium. Attendance was 81,035. And apparently legit. Apparently legit. It seemed legit, to be honest, looking in there. I didn't count all the heads, but I, I'd say that's probably about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people go, oh, there was empty seats, but it isn't. No one ever said it was a sellout. It just said they sold these many tickets. The fact that they sold that many tickets, and, and when we're talking about breaking records, it's. It's the high. It's, it's it is the biggest crowd. It's the biggest paid attendance in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. So you've had 
had, uh, say, WrestleMania 32, which it has surpassed. But WrestleMania 32's attendance was touted as like 100-odd thousand, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, from Texas. But again, you know, when you're looking at competitions and people that are just get to come along for free, you know, like VIP kind of stuff, for, you know, for people through the company, everything. When you're looking at actual paid tickets, this was the biggest one. It, it sold the most tickets for a wrestling event ever. And again, that is further testament to how much we love pro wrestling over here. Yeah. Um, and how much you know, we want it and we need it. <laughs> yeah, because you know that if it was WWE that did that attendance, it, it, it wouldn't have been a big... It, no one would have made a big deal out of it if it was WWE, but because it's AEW, people think, oh, it's because AEW. No, it's because we want to see wrestling. We we, we were going to get Sting. We knew we were going to get someone like Sting and like maybe Punk and uh, like MJF, Amcol and all the people that we've seen for a long time now. Yeah. Which, and it's the first time we get to see them. And then some for a long time, some for like a couple of years. Yeah. And I think to your point as well, you know, it's not to take anything away from AEW because, you know, let's be honest, if it was WWE here, yeah, it would have still been those numbers, maybe even more. You know, one of the good things, and, and nobody can convince me otherwise, John Cena coming out at Money in the Bank, you know, really anchoring for WrestleMania to be in London. They're going to want to smash that AEW record. And you know what? I hope they do. For the pure reason, we're going to get more wrestling. And then AEW's already confirmed after All In that they're coming back again next year. So let them come back and smash it again even more. It's The rising tide lifts all ships. It's that old saying. It's absolutely true. And again, you know, it's you let go of the fact that if you if you only like WWE, fantastic. Nothing wrong with it. If you only like AEW, wonderful. Nothing wrong with it. But it's still professional wrestling. And the more of it that we have, the more option there is, the better it is for everybody. Not just the wrestlers, but fans too. Yeah, they've got a better chance of seeing people you've probably never seen before. Yeah, exactly. Like to, to your point, Sting. I never in my lifetime thought I'd see Sting. After that match with Rollins, what seven years ago? Whatever yeah. it is now. For no, nah, he's got. He probably never done like a house show in the UK or whatever. But to say that Sting wrestled and I was there, and my my brother was a fan before me of Sting. Your brother was like Sting a big Sting fan, yeah. And like, yeah, to getting the chance to see Sting, it's like we'll get we'll put, we'll get to him in a match. But I did get emotional when his entrance happened, but. Oh, who didn't? It was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, out of this world. It was amazing. So you, of course, you you went with a couple of family members. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I my, bought a ticket for me and my brother and uh, went on the train with my cousin, his wife. Um, yeah, when they they enjoyed the show as well. And but, uh, Tell me someone who didn't enjoy the show, Jay. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like um, seriously. I, there's a lot of people from Banbury. Yeah, that were on that train, back, forward, and back. So yeah, yeah, from all over, and it wasn't even just the UK either. You know, I I saw a lot of Spanish people, German people, French people. It's a lot easier to come over here than obviously going over to the states, isn't it? So of course, yeah. it was going to attract you know people from the European 
um, continent. So it's it's, it's going to bring people that again otherwise might not necessarily see it. It's just a brilliant yeah. thing for everybody. I didn't. I haven't seen it back. I've got. I recorded it on because um, it was on ITV4 last night. Five hours sixteen minutes. So that, okay. includes, that includes breaks, I guess. But I haven't watched it back yet. But I don't know if Green Shirt Guy, because you know how he did Puerto Rico. I don't know if he was there. I'm know. not sure because he's more of a WWE AEW. guy, isn't he? But he's done AEW before, right? But he's very much consistent with the WWE ones. At least this year he is. He's been at every one. Maybe. Green Shirt Guy, if you ever see this, let yeah. us know who you are. You're, you're, you're are. a celebrity. I'm a subscriber wherever we're on at the minute on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, I, it was special for me as well. I went with my dad, um, just me and him. We've, when I was, since I was a little boy watching wrestling, and I'd always, you know, put the VHS on and it'd be like an insurrection or an old SummerSlam, Kamala Undertaker and all that kind of stuff. That's um, right, too, then. Yeah, you know, but like, you'd, I'd be watching those and we still watch wrestling now together and. It's one of those kind of things that I can still keep from my childhood, being able to watch wrestling with both my parents, but uh, my mum can't get about so much. So, But for my dad, uh, you know, to go and watch wrestling live together, we've never done it, never seen a live wrestling show before. So for us to have gone to Wembley Stadium for the biggest wrestling event so far, um, you know, and see the likes of Sting and CM Punk and Adam Cole, MJ, Orange Cassidy, because my dad loves Orange Cassidy, um but you know all these different sort of generations of like where you've kind of grown up it's kind of it's hard to really put into words it's a very it's you know it's soppy but it's it's sentimental and i you know i'm i'm really 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 happy with it I, the overall experience would always be for me that it was great to to go and see that with my dad more than anything you know the show could have been quite low par but the fact is which it wasn't by the way but it could have been and it's it's still it's the experience and i think that's why these episodes, like when we did this last year for Clash at the Castle, this is what makes these ones really interesting and, and exciting to do because you kind of you get to relive the experience again. You're not just reviewing what you just saw as a television product. You were there. You were part of the whole atmosphere. You were part of the show. Um, and it was, just, it was just an incredible show, I think, from start to finish. Oh, definitely. Even the buying stuff was amazing, considering. Yeah. So uh, going back to going back to Clash, you know, Eli's yeah. year, year on Sunday. That's gone around quick, that has, hasn't it? It has. And we're talking about, because <laughs> like, after Clash, I was thinking, that's great. We might get another show like three or four years where we go, go to that one again. And it, it's like within a year, it's like mad. Wow. A completely different, completely different shows put together and they're still amazing. Yeah. You can't, can't grumble at it. Cannot grumble at it, but and to think, in a, about a month's time, is it we're doing Impact? Yeah, and that and looks like potentially could be taped for TV. Yeah, hopefully it will be because that'd be good. But Again, more wrestling, gotta love it. Yeah, annoyingly, Osprey's going to be at Newcastle. I don't know if he's going to be at Coventry, which which we're doing. Yeah, but if he's doing Coventry, get to Osprey again. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. I've got a few, I've got some sources. Which ones? From other people <laughs> that also attended at Orly Weekend. Again, uh, different experiences. So we'll, we'll start with some of theirs, obviously, because we're, we're going to rattle off ours now. So um, Jay, of course, is uh, another, we started with yourself, Jay, and myself uh, three years ago, Jay. 
um, isn't always available. And hence why we're changing the sort of, you know, the structure a little bit because of Jay's just got a different sort of life. So he's got kids. So, um, kids, he's got another one, has he? Well, in the general sense, Ash, he's got a kid. So hence he's got kids. <laughs> he's Jay got Slater. more kids than you and I together. Jay Slater. <laughs> well, Jay Slater, uh, he was similar tickets, I think, to me. I was quite far back. I was definitely nosebleed. Um, but I think restricted kind of view. So from that part of it, he, he's same as me. I'm going to want to get closer tickets next year. Um, but a lot of the sort of stories and stuff that I've got from people that I've spoken to that have attended have all been about the people around them. And again, it's the experience, isn't it? That whole experience of like what you've got around you. Um, but, uh, he said that they had a, they had a geezer didn't know the words when Jericho came out and just kept saying Judas, (laughs) Judas, 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 Judas sin. Judas sin my Judas. Um, I imagine that's how it went. It wasn't me, by the way. I wasn't the one singing it. Um, but that's something from Jay there. Our good friend Jake, uh, again, he was sat really close to you. When you both put your pictures in, I thought you were sat on each other's lap. Yeah, I, don't, I, th- I think he was definitely closer than me, though, weren't he? I, potentially. It's hard to tell, though, when you're taking a photo from the phone, because it depends how much you've zoomed yeah, in. Because he's got, has he got videos as well? Because that's why I don't want to put any my stuff up, because it might be his instead. <laughs> he very well might do. But Jake had a couple of little fun bits as well. Um, there was a guy that uh, made him laugh. It was a drunk guy. A few rows in front of him started waving an inflatable kangaroo about. And then he started to throw it down the stand. Once he I, lost that, he what? started throwing his chicken wings. <laughs> I, think I, um, I can't remember when it was, but I'm sure I saw something in the corner of my eye getting thrown like a few rows to the left of me. So yeah, that probably, that's that probably where it. it was, yeah. Inflatable kangaroo and chicken wings. So this is like, wings. you know, on social media where you get like the spotted, you know, wherever you're from. This yeah. is spotted all in. If you're kangaroo man, chicken wing man, then own up. You, th- you threw kangaroos. Uh, got one more here from Lucy, uh, another good friend of ours. She went for a bit more of the, uh, the wider experience. So she actually attended Box Park uh, before the show. And it was just a uh, DJ they had on there. I think there was two parts of it, but she left before the second one. Mainly just because, again, like, I think sitting in one place for too long. You know, you're going to be sat down for hours in the actual stadium. Yeah. And you're Tell kind of just in it. one place in there. She just wanted to get outside. But she said it was a DJ. Um, potentially, there, would, well, there was early access to merch, and there might have been some special merch there, but she's not too sure. Um, but she didn't sort of stay for the whole thing, as I say, just because wanted to get outside at that point. But the second part was hosted by Gene Money. So that would have probably been quite good fun. I think there may have been karaoke there. This is where they also had the wrestling-themed cocktails. All right. Like the Bay Bay, the Better Than You. I can't remember what they was all called, but they had like wrestling-themed names, didn't they? The orange, whatever. I've, I've not seen that. I've just seen for, um, footage from Lana Austin's uh, Instagram about doing karaoke. I haven't watched oh. it. I, I don't know what they were singing, but there was karaoke. That could very well have been Box Park. Yeah, maybe. It's definitely Box Park. I don't know whereabouts, though. Okay. Where, my entrance was near Box Park because I stood in the queue outside for ages once we'd come off the train. Because the thing is, I was in the queue for 10 minutes and it was a really long queue. But once you're in it for 10 minutes, you kind of have to be committed because if you leave it, you might join another one that's even longer. So I just had to stay. 
Um, but I was I was there plenty of time before. It wasn't like Clash last year where I basically walked in as Madcap Moss was coming out. Um, yeah. There was a lot. I had a lot more time this year, luckily. Uh, but yeah, I, everybody's experience. Again, I think seeing that many people about as well, all coming around doing different things. There was a lot of wrestling that weekend. Obviously, Rev Pro Jericho attacking Osprey during Rev Pro uh, yeah. the night before All In. Um, of course, obviously leading up to that. As well. Progress had a show on as well. There was probably some other bits as well, I think, wasn't there? But um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about all in. Let's talk about the. Um, I guess let's just talk. Let's go into some of the matches. Um, Ash, I will like. I know I th- we have already sort of talked about this a bit, but we'll put some different spins on it. Match of the night. AEW oh, All In London match of the night. That's the easy one for me. The tag yeah. team match FTR versus Young Bucks. It was amazing. Best of the three, do you think? I think it was for me. I don't remember then... the second one that much. I remember the first one. I remember that being good, but I thought they could have done a bit more. And then, yeah, because I don't remember the second one that often. Third one, unbelievable. Probably, I'd say yes, the best. But like I said, I don't, I don't remember the second one that much. That was in the Dynamite, weren't it? It was. It, were they both Dynamites, weren't they? I thought the first one was like all, all out. I might have been. Do you know what the problem is? Because with the first one, because it was during pandemic, so everything was from Daly's place. So I can't yeah. remember some what was dynamite and what wasn't. Um, I, but I think the, this was the best one of the th- of the trilogy. I want to say the second one was with a crowd, but I might be wrong on that one as well. No, I think you're right because uh, Young Bucks were healed by that point as well, weren't they? And they always heal. <laughs> and they got a good pop. I thought it all in. Yeah, I like I like the um, pre-entrance because I got I was like that, that was, it was nice to know it wasn't a cream reference because there was a lot. Um, well, did you see what they came out in? Freddie Mercury jackets, I know, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was there. Yeah, but I think not, not the there. big part of that, I think that's a real. I, I genuinely think that's an American thing. So obviously, it's a huge thing with us, like Queen playing Wembley. But I th- I feel like it's 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 legendized is that going to be a word it's a word now Probably. the legend of that is so much greater i think over in the states than perhaps it is even here you know that yeah. queen wembley concert i think is like it is really high up for for our good friends in the states yeah because live aid it's live aid as well and then you got the Wembley shot like a year later yeah so yeah I wonder if that is to them what uh, the Michael Jackson Super Bowl performance might be for a lot of us. Because <laughs> that gets talked about a lot as well. Yeah, it does, actually. I've never yeah. seen it, though, so I don't know how good it is. I've seen it. It's very... It's Michael Jackson during his, his prime, whatever you sort of think of him or whatever the things are, but he was a very talented performer. But yeah, they came out um, dressed as Freddie Mercury. Really good entrance. All the entrances just, were pretty much grand, weren't they? they but this was a fantastic match. Yet. I just want. I just you just realised. Who is it? The woman wrestler that dressed up like Freddie Mercury. Oh, Emmy Sakura. Why didn't they have her perform? Where was Emmy Sakura? That's what we need to know. Yeah, that's a very good point. Because um, I've I've read. I think yeah. I think she's doing Ring of Honor like this week or next week. So good <laughs> missed out, man. <laughs> next year. Next year. Next year we'll get her next year maybe. Maybe. Yeah, this match is unbelievable. Brilliant. I think, was that the first time we've seen somebody kick out of the big rig? Possibly. I think it was, you know. 
and that, well, and actually, and it happened twice because obviously the young bucks. Uh, I can't remember if it was Matt or Nick, but kicks kicks out of the the big rig. Then the bucks hit the big rig on FTR, and then of course, then eventually they hit that kind of big rig out of nowhere yeah. to actually then finish the match, which is what I really liked with it as well. It had a proper solid finish, but that whole match start to finish was, I thought, really good. I don't, I do think that was genuinely was match of the night, at least for me. One thing I've seen people talk about online and again to take a lot of this with a, a pinch of salt because there are a lot of people there is a lot of trolls really unfortunately because it's internet you know mm. you know that's part of the product isn't it but there's a lot of people really trying to downgrade and discredit the show um any sort of way they can really and one of the things that's coming up is saying that well the fans weren't that interested in it because um we it didn't seem very loud but that's Wembley isn't it? It's open air. The, the the sound just kind of goes out because I could faintly hear certain chants and they were probably thunderous, but it's just such a big place that you can't, it doesn't all get compact in like at say Principality Stadium for Clash where you've yeah, got the closed um, roof. My camera's gone off. It has. Yeah. It's just you right there. I guess we'll just carry on though. Hang on. Let me just, uh, <laughs> again. well, it's just me for a moment. But um, there we go. Back on. There um, he is. Yeah, you, did, um, have you seen any of that? Because I thought it was thunderous all night. But I do. I have watched some of this back. And there are points it does seem quite quiet. But it wasn't when it you wasn't, were there. Because um, I heard a chant. And you did hear this. The wheeler's got a gun. Got a gun. Wheeler's got a gun. <laughs> I don't know how long that was on for. But like, there's bits where I could hear behind me. And then couple of minutes later i heard it from like around the stadium so yeah i think the problem is is aw's never quite been on par with w and it's, it's not about comparing but they've they've never been quite on par with say what you get sound quality wise with wwe um wwe can have those big wrestlemania shows and even open stadium ones like wrestlemania 31 and it still sounds thunderous because mm. they've just the sound quality is better there the crowd was genuinely so hot the whole night um and there was a lot of those kind of what you'd expect from chance over here isn't it and the singing and everything and again yeah. one of the other things my dad quite likes my dad's quite a fan of the shut the fuck up chant um which jeff jarrett got uh during oh, the buy-in but yeah it was brilliant but yeah it's it, it really genuinely for anybody that is wondering it was honestly thunderous in there but it's just i, I think because because of the fact it is open air it doesn't really help because that sound rises and escapes. It's not, it doesn't compact it all in there, you know, but it was, it was so, so loud all night long. What, I, what do you think the loudest pop was? Well, Let's move night. to the loudest pop. Yeah, I've got mine, I think. It was tough, but I, I actually, the loudest reaction, not pop, loudest reaction to anything all night. There's a few big contenders. Well, Probably Sting's entrance would be one. With with Derby, obviously. Yeah, I went nuts for the Sting entrance, but we'll come I, to that, I think, next, yeah, if you um, want to. Adam, the Adam Cole baby was loud around me. Yeah, and it. even more so because they denied us of it during the pre-show. Because, Which I love. It, brilliant, wasn't it? But Aussie yeah. Open obviously attacked them before we all can do the Adam Cole baby. Brilliant. Because you save that for the main event. Yes, exactly. Um, do you know, honestly, and again, this probably it might just depend on the section that you were in, but for me, the loudest reaction to anything the whole night was CM Punk. 
when he came out, it was the weirdest. I've never heard anything like it. It was genuinely really in, like I I loved it. But it was that initial like, yeah, but that yeah just then eventually kind of got like eaten by the booze. Yeah. And it was it was a weird, like I've never heard like that weird mashup of a yeah and a boo together, like to to that extent, because it was thunderous where I was sat. I don't know about you, but I didn't know what I was expecting for CM Punk's entrance because I thought it'd be a pop because it's CM Punk. But no, it was going to be a reaction, wasn't it? It was going to be be a reaction. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like um, there was a lot of cheers, and then it's just I heard more booze than cheers. So does that mean he had yeah. a mixed reaction, or was it? More... Oh, it was it was definitely a mixed reaction. There's no denying that. But I do think it was the loudest reaction. If we're going to talk really... about say an entrance, if we're going to talk about somebody making an entrance, I think Punk really had the loudest reaction of the night. The but Sting Joe, one, I think we're the, we're the cheered Sting anyway, but because of the song he came out to, it was this yeah. whole, like, you kind of popped for the song, really. And that's not saying any, obviously we all loved to see Sting, but the fact that he came out to the to the song that he did, that was like, it was like, oh my God, it's like that amazing surprise for you, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Jack the Ripper entrance, and then all of a sudden it's like, Hang on, they're playing Seek and Destroy. Oh, they're playing Seek and Destroy. Whoa, what? what? I, yeah, I lost my shit to that. I was, yeah, I, I, I loved it. it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that then if you want now. I mean, that the, the match as a whole was great. I mean, because it's, you know, Christian Cage, again, Christian, I've always Christian wanted to see Christian. Yeah, Christian Cage coming out to his old TNA theme where instead of the clock, it was Big Ben on the big screen. I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw that. The Big Ben I saw. Yeah, that was great. Well, I yeah. had to kind of like as much as I wanted to obviously watch in ring action, I couldn't help but have to look up at the screens occasionally because the trouble was my view was I was where those kind of pillars are. Yeah. To hold up the uh, you know the shelter and, and where the screens were coming down from, it was like right in front of me. So like I I could only really see kind of like the two like either side of the ring, and most stuff is going to happen in the middle. Mm-hmm. obviously where you're going to land your bumps and stuff so um yeah a lot of the time when they were kind of just there i had to look at the screen it was the only way to run <laughs> really know well, what was going on my my view was great i can't but i couldn't see the entrance ramp yeah from, like, i could see fire or like some pyro but i could see everything but my bad habit and my brother had the same thing was looking at the screen even though we could see the action yeah it's kind of, when it's it's like subtitles though i think like when they're on you can't your eyes are drawn to it Definitely. you can't really help but go and look you know, look to it but yeah like i said i i didn't really have the option to it i had a fairly decent view of the ramp i couldn't see the stage so i couldn't see where they were coming out from like face on because i was to the side but i could see them like once they were out and go down the ramp um but i did get a good view of most of the pyro really because i got obviously any of the fire pyro that was on the stage i got any of the pyro that was shooting off from um the the shelter and i could see the fireworks obviously from outside the stadium yeah i could um, see the fireworks from outside the stadium but i could barely really good. see the flames yeah i don't think you would have done because that the whole entrance was blocked by that shelter part wasn't it yeah. so for you but yeah think, sting's entrance yeah sting's entrance is just like I feel I kind of feel bad for Darby Allen because you know, yeah, this is Sting's entrance, not yours, mate. 
the thing is, Derby's great. It was great seeing Derby there, but Sting's first time wrestling in Wembley, and there's 81,035 people there. How many of us have ever seen Sting before and might not see him again? You know, and I, yeah. that's not in a, I don't mean that in like a, a grim way or anything like that, but we don't know if he's going to be active next year. You know, the man's in his 60s. He's already, he is fantastic, but you, you've got you've got to cherish these sort of things. Like, that's a moment. Yeah. We might only get that once. CM Punk, different kind of reasons, but that might be the only time we see him. <laughs> so, Jack Perry will wait. Um. I we'll we'll come to it, but you know we shouldn't really sully our overall experience because again, this sort of, that sort of stuff was happening. We didn't see that, did we? But um, oh. yeah, the, the match itself was. I I enjoyed the match. There was some, there was great spots in it, but again, it's like the mem. I think from an experience standpoint, you take away. Um, the, the lasting impression is is what you can remember and just Sting coming out to Seek and Destroy by Metallica. Yeah. As funny as it sounds, like the match was very good. I'm not doing the match down, but like that is a memory that's going to be, you know, live on forever for me, just yeah, being a, there's, there for that. There's a couple of things about that match that I like, uh, didn't, didn't help. Like when Luchasaurus comes out the entrance, goes away, then Nick Wayne comes in, who I had no idea that was Nick Wayne because of, not really been watching that much until someone mentioned it. You then get to check them on the skateboard twice, I think it was. Yeah, at least once it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah Nick Wayne is basically the new jungle boy for Christian to um <laughs> to be really mean about, yeah. about his dad. <laughs> so that's the yeah. gimmick now. So And then yeah. um I think Swerve's hair was sticking out during the finish. So he's technically he shouldn't have been buried. <laughs> Oh, come on. You can't call that, can you? I just thought, well, it's wrestling. You can't. Can you imagine that? You're not buried. You haven't been uh, buried because your hair's sticking out. You'd be all right. Yeah. I had to get it in somewhere, didn't I? It had to happen. No, I, I enjoyed it. I did. I really enjoyed that match. There wasn't a match on there I didn't really enjoy. There was just, well, there was some slower. I think. Saying that, you're going to say this, I think, now anyway, actually, but what it's not to put a downer on it, but we've already we talked about this already. But the match that just felt less than we kind of expected from it. Well, I wasn't a big fan of the Buddha Club Gold and um, the Casher against the Golden Elite, I wasn't a big fan of it myself at the time. If I watch it back, I might enjoy it more. But at the time, I wasn't a fan. There was parts where I just got confused. Who was like legal man or like? It's because of the lucha rules. Yeah, but it? we weren't told this. No, and I think that's what did it. So, admittedly, because I really need the toilet, so I, but I wanted to see the entrances. So I waited for all the entrances to come out, and then I, as soon as they were all in, I sprint, sprinted out, went to the toilet. And by the time I come back in, there was just people everywhere. And it kind of, it felt like it just sort of stayed like that for a long time. And again, I was just like, I don't really understand what's going on. Like nobody's yeah. really tagging. Um, but yeah, that was why. But you're right. I don't, I don't recall the stipulation being made sort of public to everybody that it was going to be Lucha tag rules. Yeah. And like, if I was told that, I probably would enjoy it more. Like I said, I need to watch it back because I haven't watched it since... I was there, so yeah, they might might say it, but um, I didn't think it was a bad match. I thought it was pretty good because obviously I got no. the prediction right. 
<laughs> you but, don't um, have to you don't have to go there i do <laughs> and um i was like it's good but i'm not i'm not a massive fan and then Meltzer's ratings came out today or yesterday yep four and a half out of five We'll do Meltzer's ratings in a bit if you want, if yeah, you want to go but, through them. Like, no, there are people just, that love to hear it, in there? So Yeah, but I was like, I don't know where he's getting that from, but like I said, if I watch it later on today, later on and go, actually, this match was pretty good. I'm just it probably just not knowing what was going on. That probably is it. Like, you know, because if, if, you, if we took a step back from ourselves right now and went, why are these two idiots not saying really good stuff about a match that had Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, Jay White, Juice Robinson. Yeah, getting to see Jay White is like one of my favorites. Yeah, Omega's one of the best in the world, and like Abushi is one of the best in the world, and Hammond's one of the future superstars. Like, will probably be like the probably main event like next year or so. Like he next year, of, he kind of already was, wasn't he? I mean, it's a bit of a weird one. That I think more for again more than anything, a weird one for me was. The match just, it felt like it was there really to to make um, Takeshita a, a threat, which worked wonders. Because that entrance, I thought, was brilliant. I said this to you, uh, and anybody listening, it'd be interesting to know if you kind of felt the same way. But when my sort of favorite era of NXT was Tommaso Ciampa, like coming out to no music, like that sort of time period. Yeah. And when Ciampa used to come out to that no music, it was perfect. You know, it was brilliant. This was like, it kind of felt like that, but obviously he had music, but it was just that one long, kind of just dull, like tone all the way through, like ominous kind of mm, all the way through. It was brilliant. Yeah, it worked. And you had that obviously with that, which has been like a long standing thing for a long time now with the funny Don Callis paintings. But, you know, the two of them with their bow and arrows, which is, it cracks me up. Um doesn't it feel weird that they still want to make him like a big face in the future? Like a bit. Sometimes though, you have someone has to be a big heel, don't they? And then you yeah. start cheering him as a heel. Sometimes that's the best way to go about it. It gives you an edge, I guess, as a heel, doesn't it? And that's what he's got now. He's got an edge. So. Actually, um, also, wasn't he? Wasn't he one of our first Russell Cray signings? He was. Yeah, I believe so. Second or third month. Yes. Yeah, yeah, really impressive. I think, um, you know, him and Kenny's going to be brilliant. I think that's the other thing with that match, wasn't it? There's a lot of stuff in there that you can see one-on-one matches with down the road. But, you know, we were lucky enough to see them all together. Yeah. And, again, you know, it's the one that I was just surprised I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the others. But this is it's a long time to be there for as well. Like, and you have to pace yourself a bit. You do. Because you exactly. sat there for a good five plus hours, you know, so you do have to pace yourself somewhat. Um, we talked about the punk reaction. I do want to just say about that match. That was probably, probably my second or third favourite match of the night. Punk yeah, and Joe. That, my top three. I thought it was really good, considering what had happened, obviously, apparently just before it, which we might as well just talk about now if you want. Yeah. Just well. get it out of the way with. So what happened? So... The match before that, because that because that the Punk Joe was a match was the opening of the main card. Yeah. On the buy-in or zero hour, because they got the same same record. zero hour. It was uh, Hook versus Jack Perry for the FTW title and FTW rules. But there's also another thing they actually said that 
and the announcement. But um, was it? Didn't it? Wasn't it like the suplex on the on the limo? After that, uh, Jack Perry went. That's real glass, or something like that. So I think the order was he did the rolling thunder on top of the limo to hook. Yeah, then no, he no. he went up to the camera and he said, and again, we didn't know this at the time. That's but, we can't hear it. Exactly. But in the camera, he had looked into it and went, yeah, it's real glass, Crimea River. And that is a shot at CM Punk because if you'd been following, uh, you know, the, the news and everything up to that point, there was reports of a backstage incident where uh, Jack Perry wanted to use glass in a match, real glass in a match, and all of the AW officials were telling him, no, it's a silly idea, which it is, it is a silly idea. But they it were telling is. him it's a silly idea, um, don't do it. And he wasn't having any of it. So CM Punk was allegedly called in to talk him out of it, I guess, as a veteran. And, you know, Punk's standing within the company is uh, volatile, I guess with everybody, not the right word for what I'm trying to say, but he's, no. he's not, it's very divisive. You know, punk is a veteran, but at the same time, a lot of people don't respect him backstage. And I think that's obviously going to be the case for Jack Perry. Um, so he was using the real glass here because it's a real windscreen, but then, yeah, then they do the suplex spot, which I couldn't see at the time, but when you do watch it back, you can see he does cut all of his arm and everything, but Obviously, yeah. the match happens. He goes to the back, and the report is. Well, I say the report. There's, there's lots of different reports, isn't there? Yeah, there's a report that before, well, when he gets back, he gets checked out by Punk because they had an argument. There was a story about Miro and Punk nearly got in a fight, but apparently that's a joke. I don't think it's real. I don't think it's a real story. Because apparently they're on good terms. But the, the Jack Perry one there, one of the stories that leads up to the choking out thing. Is because apparently, obviously, again, remember CM Punk and Samoa Joe is the first match of the main card. Jack yeah. Perry and Hook is the last match of the Zero Hour. So Punk's going to potentially be in Gorilla, and that you know Jack's going to pass him. And apparently, Jack bumped him or something like that. So Punk choked him, and whether or not that's like a proper front face lock, or he just grabbed him by the neck, or whatever happened. But um, in, altercation there that has since now resulted in the suspension of both of them. And of course, we've got all out coming up in a couple of days from Chicago, Illinois. What's going to happen? Well, apparently, the rumor was that it's going to be Punk versus Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. Probably yeah. real. Ricky Starks. Uh, well, the yeah, the real world title. But yeah. apparently now that it's gonna be Ricky Starks against Ricky Steamboat. Wow. Okay. Which Tomato I, tomatoes. Yeah, I think that'd be a better offer, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'd yeah, love to see me some Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat. It makes Ricky sense as well, because they he attacked him obviously a number of weeks back. But yeah. that's in a nutshell, that's what happened. And of course, it's quite it's just quite sad because of how much of a monumental success all in was, mm. you know, we have to focus on these negatives and it's just a difficult thing. Like, because every time I just think, you know, punk's sort of got a point with something, yeah. but at the same time, you can't ignore the fact that like he's, he's the common 
factor in every single one of these things. But then how much of that is potentially they're riling him up because they know that's how he's going to react. But then off the same token, do you then say, well, that's his fault because he shouldn't be reacting the way he does. It's just a whole thing, isn't it? But it just takes away, I feel, from the success and how positive all in London was for pro wrestling, at least at the very least for us in the UK, but potentially the ramifications for, ramifications for that across the world, because there are other places out there that have tremendous crowds. Uh, the, the, the other one really this year that stands out is Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico deserves something big there because that was an amazing crowd this year. And a really good show in general. Yeah. But, uh, one more uh, you know, that's what happened, I guess. A couple more things about the punk situation. One story is that apparently he lashed out at, at Tony Khan. Yeah, heated exchange was the. I don't know what, I don't know what was said or what was done. Also, apparently there is CCTV footage of this incident with Jack Perry. So it may get released. It may not. Who knows? Oh. Can you imagine? Dark That'd side of the like, ring. Uh, time. Dark side of the ring. I was going to say, what was the? Um... The old WWF one, when they had that weird CCTV angle for a while and then it just sort of went away with no explanation. GTV. GTV, that was it. Watching back some of 2002 Raw, they had this thing called (laughs) F-View, which is basically (laughs) the same thing, but not... Yeah. But yeah, that was... uh, I like to see it, personally. Because I didn't have... Didn't know oh, about it, you go. what was going home, so I don't know when people uh, found out about this. There was people was online next to me shortly after the like before the main show started, and I could hear rumblings that something had happened between Jack Perry and Punk then. So it must have like whoever was backstage leaked it really quick. Well, someone like, must really have good Wi-Fi then, because I couldn't have done that. No, well they were probably actually hooked up to the stadium Wi-Fi. I was going to, but uh, couldn't be bothered. That's no point, is there? But yeah, the um, the buying sh- matches to cover those quickly. We we did say it was a it was quite a good buying, but I think realistically, um, obviously you know uh, MJF and Adam Cole won the Ring of Honor tag titles. That was cool um, and sets up obviously for for how they you know what the finish was for the for the main show. But I guess really the big thing from the the buying was seeing Grado, wasn't it really? Because it had oh, been hinted, so. te- well not hinted, but it had been teased for a while. It had and. Getting, I didn't. Exp- I kind of didn't expect Jarrett, even though it was like the Square thing would be great. But I wish it was a match. And then when Jeff's music hit, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna see Jeff Jarrett." And then doing the typical American promo in England. And I swear, every time I do this, we're English fans. We don't care what, what the bad stuff. We're just gonna cheer you. We're gonna cheer because we we love it. We love the yeah. banter. And then I, I personally was like, when when. Paul White's music here. I was like, ah, oh, it's not Paul White. It would go, it's back to like into 2010, uh, 2011. When it was like, surprise person is going to make an appearance. And I know, but that's different though, wasn't it? That was like back when every surprise was always Big Show. This, I'd never seen Big Show, never seen Paul White before. And then obviously, you know, now at least, you know, saw him live and it was great. Yeah. But mind you, yeah. did he look small next to Satnam Singh? Yeah, that was, that was scary. Even from a distance, like, how yeah. big this guy is. But then I just thought, because I didn't realise that only a go-go with him, and then I just no. wish Grado had a proper entrance and not just... Cause maybe they'll do something different next year, though. Like, they'll, they'll maybe play on it again and actually give him a match next year. Maybe. But like I said, there was a pop. It was just that Grado's name just appeared. 
What the, I, I do think one thing to bear in mind, though, and I said this um, whenever I said this on something we've recorded somewhere, I okay. said that I would I would anticipate that a lot, and I mean a lot of people that were attending All In might not even necessarily watch AEW. Probably not. Because, and, and, I, and I, I met a lot of people, talked to a lot of great people over the, the day, the course of the day. Most of the people I actually spoke to aren't even a casual fan. They just know Sting. They know CM Punk. They know, but again, this is what I mean. Wrestling sold this show. Because, yeah. well, from what you said before, because we don't, it's a wrestling show in Wembley for the first time since 1992. And that, even then, that was a different Wembley stadium. But it's, it's, this, this, it's not something you get every day. Like for, for everybody, this was like a big thing. It's like, oh, wrestling, I watched that as a kid. Oh, Sting's going to be there. You know, so that, that massively, massively helped. And I do, but I think for somebody like Grado, that's probably where the problem was because. For people that aren't really necessarily, you know, if they're not even watching AEW really or, or watch wrestling much anymore, and they're definitely not watching the British wrestling scene, then they're not going to probably know Grado is. Probably not. It's a shame because we've seen him before. Yeah, but that's what I mean. If you, if you watch the British Independence, or even if you'd have watched the short stint of the World of Sport rerun, well, not rerun, but when, when they tried to kind of revive it, um, you know, then you, you, you might be familiar with Grado from there. But aside from that, you know, if you're not watching wrestling, you won't know who he is. So it wasn't a big deal. No, but for those of us that it is, it was. And so hopefully next year. But um, I think... Do you want to talk... I was going to say, do you want to mention like the... Because when, when I got in my seat, it was the contract signing between Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, I was only really going to say it was a cool segment, cool to see Miro, but Simon Miller was a security guard. So yeah. we'll give that up. <laughs> Leon Slater was one of the wrestlers there. I thought I saw a man like Doris in the stadium well. stampede. Yeah, I think he was one of the security guys when uh, yeah. Kingston and Claudio and maybe Wheeler Utah were all at the bar area in like the Royal Box bit. Um, Not uh, Mercedes. Oh yeah, we totally forgot about Mercedes. I showed her a lot during the night, didn't they? So she's oh, she's probably going to be there soon. The time they showed her on TV was weird, or like on the big screen. Because the only time yeah. I saw on big screen was after the I think it was after yeah, it was after the hook match, yeah, out of nowhere. Then during the trios tag match, the tag title match, they showed her. But I don't know if she signed yet. But she's still injured, so we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens in the future. I think it's likely, isn't it? It felt very yeah. NXT-esque, didn't it, when they used to show the whoever the next sort of big signer would be sat in the crowd. It was a bit like that, I thought. Yeah, I don't know who that was next to her, because that wasn't her husband. I'm just saying, it's not... <laughs> Somebody no. follows Mercedes about, don't they? No, I just know that she was married to someone who was <laughs> um, one of the people on the down now. Oh, well. But um, yeah, she she was shown there. That was probably really about it, wasn't it? Because I I half expected Jack Whitehall to be there. Obviously, he opened up for the first the, the Double or Nothing show in twenty nineteen. Yeah, but that was more to do with it being ITV, weren't it? And the, I don't know. If, I don't think he's ITV. He's a wrestling so. fan. He's he trained yeah. to be a wrestler at one point. Jack Whitehall. Yeah, 
the only person, the only people I saw around London that were like wrestling, like YouTube, or whatever, was Carl Hollett. But I mean, briefly, I didn't see a lot of people. I, I love the thing. I was looking about seeing like if there's anyone about, but I only saw like one or two from like Carl Hollett, and that was it. I just saw a lot of people with really cool replica belts. I saw the IWGP heavyweight title, the newer one that kind of looks like Diva's title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I saw my favorite one because it is one of my favorite belt designs of all time, but it's the WCW United States Championship. I love that belt. It's great, isn't it? That one. But yeah, I saw somebody with that one. Yeah. I saw I saw a WWE, the old United States title, like before they changed it to the new one. I saw that one as well. Yeah. Um, a few posters, but I didn't really get a good chance to see what they said. No, there was a lot of good merch, really. But um, again, if you wanted an a, a replica AEW World Championship, that was £850. Yeah. And if you wanted the replica TNT title, that was £650. So, yeah, a lot of money. But um, match-wise, we, we'll, we'll reel off some more, obviously, just big bits, really. Jericho's entrance, obviously, was a huge thing. Yeah, Although, was he playing them out? Right. I was going to ask you about this. Was that live or was it not? Jericho, I think I'm not sure about Jericho. Jericho was definitely singing it. You could tell, you could tell he was singing, but I don't know how, if it was like. But was the band the, playing? The band weren't playing. I don't think they were playing either because I, I I did watch that back. It suspiciously sounded like the CD. Yeah, or Skype. It was uh, not Skype. Um, Spotify. He <laughs> just put Spotify on. I don't think it was either. You know. Because we knew we were, the, we knew they were in London because they did a show on the Friday, I think it was, in London. Then oh. uh, obviously Joker doing Red Pro, so they can do Saturday. Then yeah, I but, think yeah, that, I cool. think it was recording. It was. Don't get me wrong; the whole thing was awesome anyway. Yeah. But the other thing that, it, and it's it was when we went to football the next day, and your brother was talking about this. Yeah. Because then I went, I went home and I watched it. And I was like, yeah, I think it is. But, but it also jogged my memory. What was, Do you remember the show where just the lead guitarist played for Judas? Yes. And it was, was bloody terrible. I'm not, I don't think it was Jericho's entrance, was it? Didn't he do an entrance for like Jade? Or my imagine, am I getting a mix up with another? The one that, no, Jade Cargill had one and I thought that one was sick. I liked that one. Yeah. I'm sure this was a Fozzy one. I'm sure it was the lead guitarist from Fozzy playing like just the guitar bit for Jericho. And I don't think it was necessarily all his fault, but it's just like you're just playing guitar. It, it, you know, he's not playing in time for like drums or bass. Think, or there's nothing like keep his timing on point. But I just remember mean, it being really weird. That wasn't the MGF feud, was it? It might have been actually, yeah. Because it was a while ago. It was probably around that time. But yeah, I just thought, you know, like it just didn't sound the same. Um but yeah, it's but still regardless, it was a very cool entrance. But Will Ospreay's entrance was I the trunks I'm pretty sure was like a, a I'm guessing it was kind of like Dynamite Kid, British Bulldog. My first thought was British Bulldog, but then I remembered obviously because like one of his childhood heroes was Dynamite Kid. Right. But the 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 trunks were very much reminiscent of British Bulldog's attire from Wembley main event SummerSlam ninety two. Yeah, and we had that. We had a SummerSlam '92 moment with the Young Bucks and FTR. Yes, which I personally thought was going to be the finish because you know how much um, FTR love Bret Hart. 
Yeah, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? Just to call back on, because I did say this at the beginning of the podcast, but we talked about the Terry Funk spots. Those came up in the Punk and Joe match. Um, yeah. That but was, there that was, was confusion about that. So there was the there was the bit where he was being punched and he kept sort of like seesawing in between the ropes. Yeah. But it's that spinning toe hold, isn't it? Yeah, because so, um, some bloke behind me and my brother were like, thought he's thought he's trying to do a figure four. So he went, didn't move properly, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's similar. It wasn't quite as aggressive, but because all day long and all throughout that stadium, any chance for a woo, woo, yeah. that got contagious. Like that just kept going on, didn't it? Like that was yeah, an all day and, thing. And, yeah. and yeah, 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 there was, yeah, and let me talk to you. All Every 10 minutes I heard a let me talk to you, like somewhere. Um, yeah, but it's funny, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> I know, yeah. But the um, as soon as he started, like when he when he grabbed the leg and he he span round, the woos all came out, and and I heard a, <laughs> I just heard at the distance. It's just funny because it was like it sounded like somebody was like walking like back out to go to the toilet or something at the start of the show, and they was right. walking like through like under the thing because it echoed, and all I heard was Space Mountain, baby. <laughs> I was like, of all the things he could chant, and it wasn't even Ric Flair. But I think it's just because he, all he could hear was the woo, so he probably didn't see what was actually going on. Mm. But then, then people realised. I think when they clocked that it was a, obviously a homage to Terry Funk, um, it was like a you know, oh, that's really cool sort of thing. Yeah, but because later later on in the Stampede match, there was a uh, burning iron spot. Yes, there was, yeah. We see barely touched the stadium stampede. I thought that was great. Claudio okay. and um, Kingston, I don't want to say they came near me, but they were sort of re- like closer to me than the rest of the action was for the night. Yeah. Um, somebody, um, uh, a, a lady that I used to work with, um, if she ends up listening to this, uh, she, her and her, her and her fellow went and they had a great time as well. They was in that section and um, I was talking to her and she, she's got these videos. Like she was, it was right in front of her. So that was a really good place where she was sat. But yeah, that was, um, they just stayed on each other for the whole match, didn't they really? But then they kind of rehashed the, you know, when Kingston come out in, was it Stadium Stampede or it was one of those sort of massive matches where he came out as a zombie? Yeah, but there, was no, there wasn't as bloody this time. No, it wasn't. Mind you that it was Cassidy that had all the blood this time, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, because um, where I was, the Blackpool Combat Club was coming to the right of the entrance. Mm. So trying to figure out where they were at one point, kind of like I stood up trying to find them. I couldn't see them at all until they yeah, got in the ring. It's weird explaining to someone who doesn't know why they're called Blackpool Combat Club when there's no one from Blackpool there. But still, there never was. Regal's never. He wasn't no, not from Blackpool. He's close but... to us, and he's with Blackpool in his. Birth, <laughs> Um, but that, yeah, I thought great, that was, was cool. Great, was I really great, enjoyed that. It was a great match, but the problem with being in the crowd is compared to watching it like to like TV or whatever. It's like it was hard to follow like some of the stuff because there's things like that happened and near where where I could see and I couldn't understand what they were at the time. Because yeah, like, you kind of had to like follow whatever you could see really yeah. as best as you could, wasn't it? It was like there was a spot with um fun uh, not fun tax. Lego. No idea. It was Lego. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. Now I have watched this match. I have watched the Stadium Stampede back since being at the show, and there's so much that I didn't see live. Um, yeah. Again, just, there's no way I'd have seen it like that part. And again, like a bit of a restricted view. But um, I was confused at one point with the 
Um, and it, I thought maybe it would be a bit better when I was watching it back, and it, it kind of wasn't really. But it was Penta when he came back out as um, Penta no, Oscuro. Yeah, I didn't see him leave. No. Then he comes out again. <laughs> and then he breaks a ladder. I think biggest pop, at least again in my section, was for Orange Cassidy getting the tape around his fist and then sm- punching it into the glass. Yeah, I didn't know that was graph at the time. Because at a certain point... Well, again, I had to look at the screen for it, but yeah. it was like, okay, that's glass. And Actually, yeah, that could be... Biggest, like... One of the biggest pops around my area is when the uh, skewers on Moxie's head yeah of course he did it of course he did it i also i didn't see the ladder break um for penta's sunset flip right so i know he went through it but i i just caught the screen like as he was going over but i didn't see the bit before he was climbing the other side of it and it's a proper british ladder where it doesn't go the steps aren't both sides yeah and that bit just always it's always a problem because the amount of times i've seen like indie shows on botchamania when it's those types of ladders they're not meant to be climbed and rest for rest of Well, they're not meant to be climbed on the other side. That's why they don't right. have steps on them. So. But, um, <laughs> the one, the one thing that, <coughs> sorry, the one thing that nope. was a pain was concentrating on the swing, and then seeing the the suplex through the tables. Yeah, I didn't see the cut cut he finished off. Because at first I thought he went into the barbed wire board, but then he did. It took me ages to clock that was a barbed wire board. I just thought it was a table that hadn't been opened up yeah. <laughs> for ages. Everyone laughed at, um, at the end after the match happened and, Mox- and uh, Moxley and uh, Kingston were in that board and Kingston just the... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I-, I wish there was a match at All Out. Instead of... great, It's great that Orange Cassidy has this opportunity against Moxley to have on Sunday. I think that'd be good. Yeah, I think that'd be a good match. But I think they told a good story between even just the two of them during that stadium stampede. That was probably my favourite stadium stampede. My favourite stadium stampede was the very first one because you didn't know what to expect and I thought it was so entertaining. Um, but was it, was, the, it, was, it was a cinematic one. Was that the Pinnacle of the Elite and Mahadi? Yes. The, yeah. only thing I, the only thing I didn't like about that... Not was Pinnacle, the, it was the Inner Circle. Inner Circle, same, same thing really, wasn't it, if you think about it? Uh, no, it wasn't. I'm only thinking of Jerko Society. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that one was it was the same week as Shad Dian from Drowning. It was weird. Like, and yeah, they, and they did the Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy being drowned. But uh, yeah. Was match. That was my favourite one, though. But I think since, again, a lot of that is all pre recorded stuff and edited together. This yeah. being just like a live match. I mean, it basically is anarchy in the arena, but of course, it's it's a proper stadium, so it can actually be stadium yeah. stampede. And so, I, for that, I thought that was I thought that was probably the best one. I enjoyed yeah. that. I enjoyed it more than anarchy in the arena. Do you know what I, was miss- I thought was going to happen? But I remembered. Oh, it's anarchy in the arena. They do that when they play wild thing like twenty times, twenty minutes in a row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I, it was I enjoyed it. What did you make of the women? Yeah. What did you make of the women's? Um, it was okay, but it was more built around the Soraya and Tony Storm than it was anything else. The whole thing was just leading to Soraya's big moment in front of a hometown crowd, wasn't it? Well, and I, you can't you can't say anything against it. I thought it was brilliant, but um, yeah, the match overall, I think it just 
maybe it was just where it was on the card in a weird way because again like it's it's not a bad match but it's just it's, it's the Jericho, one that people are kind of like jumping on the most was it after Jericho or before I feel like it was before I need to look at the match card in a minute maybe because like maybe a lot of people got confused with Tony Storm coming out to God Save the King, but you have to remember yeah, she's did. an Aussie, but like that's that is their anthem too. Like, <laughs> you know. Um and also I think it, I think it fits Tony Storm's kind of gimmick really at the minute. She's very kind of like she's an Australian, British, American Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Is basically it, isn't it? But, uh, but I've just I've just seen it was uh, the match was after the stadium and before the coffin. Yeah, what a yeah, just sandwiched, wasn't it? But they, I, I suppose, the way you get away with it is because Soraya was always going to get a huge part. Like that was always going to happen. And once again, coming out to Queen. <laughs> yeah, it had to happen, I suppose, didn't it? Yeah. I liked it. I I did think it was a good match. I just think that um, it's the same as anything. Like you put the matches that are coming on more towards the end when you're sat there for a very long time, you will dip a little bit. Yeah. And the only reason it, it was bringing it back up is because again, Sting's entrance and Osprey's match was great. Well, Jericho and Osprey's match was great. And hmm. you know, like it, it kept you sort of going, but you, it is a long time to sit there for. <laughs> yeah. Considering that it, there was, apart from when they did the attendance, there was barely like any time to go have a, have a break. Have a Kit Kat, but the funny thing, funny thing was, you know how we always took, the, we always made fun about are oh, the women's match in WWE is a piss break. There was a lot of people leaving to go to the toilet when that match was announced. Was starting. The thing is, it's in a place <laughs> that big. Hmm. You do kind of need to go during a match because everybody goes in between, and you know, actually, you'd have probably taking the same amount of time as if you'd have just waited because you know by the time you you're actually in and you come back the match has started anyway and you're already in the match so you might as well have waited until the match come on and then went because then you're in and out um, yeah but you don't know how long this is eight eight minutes nine minutes long so personally i don't want to miss like a finish because i feel like ah uh, i miss something am i missing special but yeah there was there's... well i i i missed the entrances because i wanted to watch the match but i did miss the entrance well I missed. Um, no, I did. I missed all the entrances for the women's one, but I was there for the match. Because I think she doesn't um, was had the less part, which is a shame. I think, yeah. but um, there's a couple of things that took that was um, memorable. One was the uh, stomp onto Tony Storm. Yep. Uh, Soraya's that was that was brutal. That was yeah. There's no way to protect herself because she was in the. I don't know what ramp. Uh, what she called that move? The submission hold. It's not the rampage, is it? No, the rampage was but, the DDT, the finish. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, doing doing that and then doing the stomp. Um, it was funny seeing Ruby come out for like five seconds and then going back <laughs> and storming off. Yeah, thanks for coming, Ruby. That's not the first time they did that, and not the last for that for someone to just appear. Um, having having um, Soraya's mum get involved, even though the whole family could have <laughs> done something. They were all there, though. I think it's a good yeah. moment, isn't it? I I, like I said, I haven't watched it back, but if they mention five in my family, 
That'd be kind of weird. I wonder if they would, because a lot of people, there was a chap sat next to me, um, really nice bloke, Michael. And Michael, if you end up seeing this, um, thank you very much for the beers, my friend. He was buying me pints all night. Um, really, really nice bloke. And again, another nice thing about when you're at a wrestling show and you meet great people. Um, but he was explaining to me, he said that his, his girlfriend isn't sort of necessarily like a massive wrestling fan. Again, one of those sort of things, but she'd have been watching from home. And the biggest sort of like thing she has on wrestling is fighting with my family. It's a good movie. Um, so seeing that, and then obviously, you know, obviously then you're going to be really happy seeing Soraya win the match. But I, when he was telling me that, and it just made me think, you go, it's, it's one of those, like, I think you take a lot of that sort of stuff for granted. Like to us, it's just like, oh yeah, they've made a film about Paige. But to other people, that's their introduction into somebody. And it's yeah. like such a bigger thing. It, weirdly, it's probably <laughs> for some people, do you reckon it's like what um, Ready to Rumble is for us? No, because Five More Family is actually good and didn't lead to a world title for no reason. What about Suburban Commando? Well, that gave us Undertaker before Undertaker was a name. Yeah. Suburban Commando, best film ever made. Um, Did you know that Hogan actually directed, produced, uh, wrote all the music for it and actually made all of the video copies of it himself by hand? That's what he he said. Probably. Yeah, that's probably what he said. Um, (laughs) We're going back to the match. You can't say you got to take a shot at Hogan somewhere, haven't you? It's too easy. Um, Yeah. But going back to the match, uh, yeah. it was all right. It, it might have been the weakest of the night, but it did its job. We knew we kind of knew Sora was going to win. It was always going to be about that pop at the end, wasn't it? That's It was yeah. always going to lead to that, and that's what you remember again. That's the takeaway from it. Yeah, and kind of like with Sting, another person who we never thought would be wrestling in the capacity that they have. I would say, personally, I think it's a bit too quick for her to come back to, to win the title but eh, what are you going to do it's the setting though isn't it it makes sense you're going to do it in Wembley the same as Osprey winning the biggest match arguably of his career and like you... you said you know in the span of like however many months it was beating Jericho Okada and Omega mm. um, you know because again we didn't really sort of talk about the match so much but that's one of those I just again you know that's a good contender for a match of the night for people. I could I could see that being a match of the night for people. I thought it was yeah, I thought it was really good, and I think it surprised a lot of people because the the big worry from not everybody again it's just more cynical people, and and we probably have to put ourselves in that to a degree. But um, you know, one of the big sort of things was like ah oh, maybe Osprey could have been in there with somebody more you know like on his level for athleticism. But actually, it worked bloody brilliantly. And there was something beautifully poetic about seeing Jericho take a Stormbreaker, not once, but twice. Mm. It was also funny seeing Jericho move around like he was in his 30s again. Yeah. Jericho, no pun intended, genuinely, but Jericho and the the entire roster ready to go all out for this. Like They they just went, you know what? It's 80,000 people. Let's just go ham and... Go, let's just go crazy. And it was, the show was all the better for it. I don't know if we need to cover much more. Obviously, we, when we're talking about, you brought up a little while ago about we love a, a good diss on the British culture. Oh, yeah. Bigger disgrace than Prince Andrew. Oh, man. 
that got such a pop. I that laughed was so hard. I was like, that is brilliant. Laughing, so, just... la- laughing so hard. I have no idea what he said after that, apart from, I think, it, Meghan Markle reference. I think it was, but I was laughing really hard. And I and, and uh, where I picked it back up again was the Harry Potter one with yeah, um, Harry, Harry Hermione and Ron Weasley. And I did watch, because I've seen the entrances back, like as they were, you know, like to watch them on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Buddy Matthews is trying not to laugh. <laughs> it's, it's just good. It was such a good entrance. They, they, the, the whole Sizzamy Daddy ass thing was there. Again, another nice feel good moment. Billy Gunn winning a title. Yeah. Uh, and Billy Gunn isn't going to get talked about enough here either. But Billy Gunn's another one of those where you just thought, we, you're actually kind of really lucky to see Billy Gunn. Yeah, it's, it's strange to say that. I wouldn't have said that a few years ago, but because of the acclaimed, and even before that, with when they brought um, uh, Colton Austin into AEW, yeah, like, yeah, it might, to think this only became because him not telling WWE about playing a drug test in bodybuilding. If he hadn't, who's who's to say what would happen if, like, in a alternative reality where he was still in WWE? Yeah. Like, Doing probably NXT or like whatever. I'd be a producer or something now, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant though. Um, again, enjoyed that. House of Black entrance was awesome. Um, um, didn't they come out with the lanterns? Uh, yeah, they came out with lanterns, um, which I, I didn't know at the time. No. But again, also, nice, really nice touch. Probably the first person to ever kick out Black Mass, uh, meant to kick out Black, black Mass. Yeah, <laughs> that meant to kick out the Black Mass, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I enjoyed that as well. That was a nice match to sort of put on just before the main event where yeah, it all kind it of went it wasn't, crazy. It wasn't... Um, cause it's, it was funny because I said the stipulation is no holds barred and it kind of reminded me of like a WWE no holds barred where maybe there was like <laughs> one or two chair shots and that was it. I think that's all it needed to be at that point though, wasn't it? Because you had in the buy-in and then you had it during the stadium stampede. You had it during the coffin match. You know, there was weapons like a lot throughout the night. Yeah, which is... But, which is a problem that AEW do have when they do like too many gimme matches on the show, but I didn't mind it watching it back. I think the fact, you, yeah, that you can give it a lot of passes because of what the show is and because we were there. Of course, it's subjective, you know, and of course, there's bias there because you're there. It's a different experience live. Mm. But that main event, Ash, let's, we should probably. Well, before we get to the main event, um, I, don't know okay. if you saw the, I don't know if you saw this. Brody King injured his hand. So th- this was another one of those, though, where the reports came out, apparently, that he'd hurt his hand backstage because he got angry about the punk situation and punched the wall, is what yeah, I read. that's not true, apparently, but it was... Shock. <laughs> Something you read on the internet wasn't true. Apparently, it was during the match, he does a dive into the barricade. There was a lot of those. He does like a... He does like a he tries to, um, I think he tries to... Do a crossbow into Billy Gunn, and, to the, and on he hits the barricade and breaks his hand there. Apparently, oh, okay. I didn't notice at the time, but when you when I remember seeing it, because I actually showed what again looking at the big screen, I could have seen it really with my two eyes. But <laughs> and again, what a weird thing, Brody King doing a a suicide dive through the ropes, yeah, the size crazy. that he is. You know that yeah. sort of stuff gets overlooked more now, and it's, it really shouldn't. It's a simple move you see a lot, but when you're a guy that big, it's impressive as all hell. I'll tell you that. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think we should get to the main event. Main event. There's. I'm not going to say too much about it. The whole show, you, you should just really watch it. Um, but the main event, what was really special about this was that two men that kicked off the show from the buy-in closed the show against each other in a main event and managed to keep the whole crowd invested. Yes, I'll give them that. And they and it really was invested. It was brilliant. We were all kind of wondering how, what's going to happen. Someone's going to turn on someone. Adam Cole, de facto heel in this match. Mad. It's weird because like, MGF's like one of the best heels in the last how many years, you can say, since like we've had this. And then no, Adam Cole's a good heel, but we have him as a heel in the first match. Out of the two, though, you'd say Adam Cole's the babyface, wouldn't you? But like there in Wembley, people were so into MJF. Like, yeah, especially with that most of the merch I saw about, most merch I saw people wearing out and about that wasn't Bray was MJF by the scarf. far. The scarf, the, scarf the shirts. Yeah. There were some people that even dressed up in full suits with the scarf on, like just full on MJF. It was yeah. like if you walked around Wembley during, you know, before the show, it, it was MJF City. Yeah, and that's another thing to go. Where, if it weren't for this storyline, I don't think it would have happened that way. No, because it turned him into a face, and that's what's weird. Because I said on the predictions that I would see MJF being the one to turn, because that'll be the way that they make him heal again. And now that it's something's going to happen down the road. You know what I mean? Well, but I think the... they sent the crowd home really happy with that finish. Yeah. Um, they're defending the tag titles at all out against, I think the dark order, which is weird considering it should really be the, not the embassy, what they called, um, Mike Bennett. Oh, the kingdom, the kingdom. It should be them. If they're doing this thing with Roderick strong, but yeah, yeah, but you know what AW's like and what Tony's like? He's He likes that slow build. And sometimes that pays off. And sometimes it's like, mm, was it a slow build? Or did we just go off and do other side quests before we went back to the main quest? Because well, let's be honest, we've all done that on Skyrim. And for anybody that's out there playing Starfield on early access, because can't be waiting to play that. But anyway, that's not here today. or there. Early access is out at the moment, right. if you bought the uh, well, early access here. Yeah. On Dynamite, they were teasing like, there's going to be a number one contenders tournament because they don't do enough tournaments in AEW. And Roderick Strong <laughs> he said, can't help himself, really. Oh. No, you're Strong, right, yeah. Roderick Strong said um, to Adam Cole, like, I'm going to be the one that wins so I can do what you didn't do. So that's easy. I that. like it. The whole Roddy interference thing was great, really, because it, the whole, especially towards the end of that match, Adam Cole is getting booed all the way through, really. Everybody's so pro-MJF. But then they both start cheating. They've got the chair in the ring, both throwing it back and forth. Funny spot. So Cole good. does the Eddie Guerrero, falls down, pretends to be hit, so that when the refs come in too, because, of course, there's ref bump. Um, and then MJF, before the ref gets up, goes, well, if you're doing that, I'll go one better. Wraps the chair around his own head and falls down. Really cool spot. But Roddy... What? That Roddy interference was really the heart of that story, wasn't it? Because you just yeah. thought, like, M, you know, Cole's genuinely going to turn, but then MJF goes to use the ring, and he decides not to. Yeah, it was a big face moment for him too, and it all sort of come together. And then when they do the hug at the end, I, genuinely, I think it was a very, very positive ending that they they did it on. The turn's going to come somewhere. It has yeah. to. That's the point. That's the story. 
But for there in Wembley, they ended it on a really high note that left everybody super happy. Well, the high note at the end was Tony Calm trying to announce that all in at Wembley again. Tony's totally. just got to calm down, did he? Yeah. <laughs> I love the main event. There's just one thing that bothered me. You're going to say the same thing. I bet it's the same thing. Adam Cole trying to get a count-out victory when you're yes. not the champion. Yes, and then being annoyed when MJF got back in the ring. And I, I saw it, it and I was like, I don't understand. Why would MJF want, why would Adam Cole want a count out victory? Because it'll win and not win the title unless we've missed something. Yeah. And that's Once a rule again, in Unless there's something on TV that was said, oh, I can change hands, but they didn't tell us this. Um, Maybe. It could be on us, but like, uh, obviously, <laughs> I didn't know about that. So another, I was like, why would he be happy about it? But yeah. Another, another weird thing, but it, it was it was kind of funny, was going under the ring to get a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things under the ring, you get chairs, tables, t-shirt. After the night that we'd had with all of the violence from the other matches, it it was kind of yeah, it made sense though, didn't it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought that was a really good match, and again, I think that could be a strong contender for a match of the night. My top three matches: FTR versus Young Bucks is definitely match of the night for me. But you could honestly pick and choose which one comes second and third between Punk and Joe and MJF and Adam Cole because yes. I thought they were both really just awesome yeah I, th- I think the main event over the, just slightly does the opener yeah but it's, hard, it's hard and like there you go <coughs> whether you put the stampede whether you put the Osprey match it's like what a good position to be in though you know you've got a good show where you can have that kind of dilemma it's mm. a great place to be but someone, we don't need to do that, Ash, because someone's done it for us. And I know you're absolutely dying to give us Meltzer's reviews. So why don't you reel those off? Yeah, well, in. Before we close today's episode. In order, right? So the Ring of Honor tag title match, 2.75. 2.75? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Hook, Jack Perry, 3.25. Okay. Uh, Punk Joy, 3.5. Which I think is very unfair. That's very, that's, that's quite low. Yeah. Very low. Uh, the Golden Elite versus Bullet Club Golden uh, Takesha, four and a half, which I think is way too much personally. But I have to see it again to say uh, we might do this again next week and go. Actually, that match was probably one of the best matches of the night. We still need to really watch the whole thing back properly, don't we? Yeah. Like as it's presented on TV. Uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks, four point seven five. Mm-hmm. Save Stampede, four and a half. The women's title match was 2.75. Proper match was 4.25. What was that? Seems a bit unfair for the women's one, I think. But It is, but... But it's one man's opinion. You yeah. know, it's not... Um, you're, <laughs> have your own. We, yeah. People need more of their own opinions these days, really. Yeah, so the cover match was 4.25. Osprey Jericho, 4.75. Uh, two and a half for the six, the trio's title, and four and a half for the main event. Yeah, good show. Good, solid show. It's funny, because I don't want to compare like Crash and All In, because they're, they're completely different shows, but yeah. no five stars for this, five star for Clash. Well, when you talk about comparisons, I've seen people saying, you know, it's a WrestleMania crowd, but it didn't have a WrestleMania feel. And I think that's kind of the point, though. 
Yeah. Um, nothing compares to a WrestleMania. WrestleMania, the only thing that's going to have a WrestleMania feel is WrestleMania. Yeah. It's as simple as that. This was, this was its own thing. It's, we've never had this before. Never had this before. You don't get shows like that. We missed earlier on, obviously, another big crowd, of course, but that collision in Korea. But yeah, again, very different thing. By the But it's not meant to be WrestleMania. It was all in. And I think based on what it was, it was fantastic. Are there any match of the year candidates in there? Mm, I'd say if we yeah. hadn't already had some absolute barn burners this year, then there could have been. But I think it's going to be very difficult to top uh, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay too. Well, that one, the first one, the triple threat. The first Mania. one was fantastic. Oh, yeah, even the triple threat. But again, it's not always about that. It's did you have fun? That's what wrestling is. Did you have fun? Ash, yeah. did you have fun? I had a hell of a lot of fun. I was not bored. Even though I was sat in the same seat for much as like five hours, I was and yeah, I was sore the next day, and it's like yeah, but it's worth it. I don't, I didn't care. I enjoyed the show to death, and it's up there with like moments of my life. I'm happy I was there for. Yeah, a moment in history that we were there for, and again, as I say, special for you there with family, special for me there with my dad. Mm. Um, roll on next year, man. Yeah, we'll back again, closer seats. Hopefully, I have to fork out some more money, and I. Yeah, maybe I'll have to open this OnlyFans. All right, Lacey Evans. All right, that's um, <laughs> no, that's fan time and shit she's done. Yeah, hers is a different thing. Yeah, is it the same thing as Mandy Rose? I don't know. I don't actually really follow mine. Just see what's in the the news on those bits. I'm not deprived, Ashley. No, not that deprived anyway. But if you want to buy pictures of my feet, I'll sell them for, however, I don't know how much they go. I have to do some comparisons when I see what people sell feet pics and bathwater for. This took a weird turn. Yeah, why have you done that for? I don't know. This is what we do. And you can catch more of what we do every week from here on out on the TMOF Wrestling Podcast. We hope you have had a great time with us as we've gone very all over the place in very non-linear fashion talking about our experience fay w all in but um we've talked about that like we were almost kind of kids again and i probably wouldn't have that any other way no same here but if you were there at AEW all in why don't you leave us some comments obviously if you're watching on youtube leave them in the comments below um you can leave comments on spotify and i believe some of the other podcasts and platforms as well but do leave some comments let us know what you thought of the show let us know if we've missed anything what your good experiences were. Was it your first time? Even just at Wembley Stadium, because what a what a venue. It was my, my first time in Wembley Stadium. Uh, my second um, time. Okay, huge place. But let us know what you thought, everybody. Thank you once again for joining us on the show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'll be going through a review of WWE Payback and potentially All Out. All out. Yeah. Potentially all out. It's yeah. a lot of wrestling to get through, isn't it? It's a lot, yeah. So I, I can't make any promises, but I will be. I know I'll definitely be going through payback. It's not because I'm favouring one over the other, but payback's going to be a shorter show. And in my older age, I quite like that. But you can catch that. That will be on Friday next week. So that'll be Friday the 8th. 
There you go. Nailed it. Every new month today. (laughs) Crazy. Three years, Ash. Three years. Yeah. This will have a three. That it. That's what we're doing. That's it. Yeah. We're going to do six years. Six years and we're done. That's a good career. (laughs) So that'll be episode number 89. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) At this rate. (laughs) We look forward to seeing you. Uh, next week guys here on TMO Fressing Podcast leave your reviews have a great day wherever you are in the world do make sure to look after each other stay safe and catch you again soon yeah I'm Russ but they already know that don't they alright Dario see you later don't you ever call me Dario again I'll shave all your hair off (laughs) 